Welcome back, Giants fans. Today we're going to go over some more free agency news. The Giants, of course, have signed Matt Breda. They have signed Ricky Seals-Jones. They signed Jihad Ward. They lost Logan Ryan. They released him. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about Lorenzo Carter going to the Falcons. My thoughts on that contract. Hopefully you guys enjoy the video and let's get into it. So let's start with the Logan Ryan news, which I'll admit was a bit surprising. I did not expect the Giants to just outright cut him this offseason. He was due some type of roster bonus of like three or five million dollars. So they decided it wasn't worth keeping him. And that's kind of surprising because it only saved 800000 versus the cap this season. It saves a lot of money for next year. So I get it from that perspective. But does it make sense to move off of Logan Ryan to save under a million dollars for this year? And you can definitely argue no. There's a lot of Giants fans that were not happy about this move. I feel like I'm kind of on an island here. I didn't really care that much, honestly. Logan Ryan's now 31 years old, 32, and honestly, he was not that impressive last year. He was good his first year here in 2020. He signed a three-year, $30 million extension Christmas of 2020, which was only 14, 15 months ago, but this is a new regime, and I think Logan Ryan's play kind of dropped off last year. He wasn't that great in coverage. He was not much of a difference maker. I think Logan Ryan had a couple great games last year. Denver came to mind week one. There was another game he played very well in, but for the most part, we saw some dropped interceptions, blown coverages. He just wasn't that same guy. And once again, do we realistically expect the Giants to be a great team next year? Because I don't. I mean, the Giants, if they were a Super Bowl ready contending team, then sure, you keep Logan Ryan. But in a situation like this, where you're not expected to win many games next year, and this is more of an evaluation slash rebuild year in 2022, I don't really see the point of keeping Logan Ryan and trading him. You're not going to get much at all, if anything. So that didn't make sense either. You might as well try and save some money where you can. You still have Xavier McKinney and you still have Julian Love to play the role of Logan Ryan, a guy that can play corner and safety. So Julian Love is a much cheaper option than Logan Ryan and it's not that much of a drop-off in terms of talent of course Logan Ryan's one of the better leaders on this team but in terms of his play on the football field I personally was not that impressed by Logan Ryan last year so this move while it was surprising I don't think was an awful move terrible move it's a bit puzzling, yes, but I just don't really hate it as much as other people do. I mean, Logan Ryan's in Tampa now. That's a win-now roster. We'll see what he does with his old teammate, Tom Brady. But, you know, for the Giants, it just did not make sense to move on with him. So I get where they're coming from with this decision. Although it was a bit surprising, I do get where they're coming from. Next, we'll talk about Lorenzo Carter going to the Atlanta Falcons as another member of the 2018 Giants draft is no longer on the team. I think it's just Saquon Barkley at this point, right? I mean, Will Hernandez is most likely going somewhere else. B.J. Hill, of course, in Cincinnati. Who knows where Kyle Aletta is right now? R.J. McIntosh is gone. And there was some... No, is that it? I think that was it. Yeah, so we don't really have anybody from that 2018 class outside of Saquon. And we know that his, you know, he's not that safe here either. Whether he gets traded this offseason, whether he's gone next year, it seems like Saquon Barkley's days here are numbered. So we'll find out about that going forward. Now, for Lorenzo Carter, I've talked about this before. I made an entire video about it. It was very tricky with him because he was coming off the Achilles injury. The first 75-80% of last season, he was really not that impactful whatsoever. Then the final month, the last four games or so... Lorenzo Carter looked like he was prime Jason Pierre-Paul and was playing out of his mind. He had like four sacks, two forced fumbles in a span of a month, and he was looking great. 
So I was thinking, like, is Lorenzo Carter finally 100% from his injury, or is he just playing well because he's on a contract year? And we'll find out very quickly if this was a contract year or if Lorenzo Carter really turned a corner and turned into a better player. So I'm going to be annoyed, honestly, if Lorenzo Carter goes to Atlanta and has a great career there and has, you know, eight, nine, ten sacks next year and looks like a great player, difference maker on that defense. And he only got a one-year, $3.5 million from Atlanta, $2 million guaranteed. Apparently, the Giants made an offer, but they could not match it because they just do not have a lot of cap space right now. So the Giants, of course, based on their previous moves with Gettleman and all that, they were not able to retain Lorenzo Carter. So it does concern me. It's not the end of the world, but there is a a little concern with me that Lorenzo Carter goes to Atlanta and just plays out of his mind. Now, we still have Aziz Ojolari we have to develop. There's a chance we get a pass rusher in the draft, of course, whether it's, you know, Thibodeau or somebody else. Um, And of course, we have guys like Quincy Roche that can fill in as depth pieces. We signed uh, Jaheed Ward from the Baltimore Ravens slash Jaguars. He's been on a few teams, the Raiders. So he will, you know, fill in that role as well. But losing Lorenzo Carter, a guy that clearly had talent and seemed like he was finally coming into his own is a little concerning for me, but we'll find out what happens with him in Atlanta. I wish Lorenzo Carter luck. It's just a shame the Giants did not have enough cap space to bring him back on a one-year deal. For the free agency moves, we'll start with Ricky Seals-Jones, the tight end. He is now the tight end one for the New York Giants, which is uh, pretty scary. I consider, you know, Ricky Seals-Jones more of a tight end two slash three. Definitely not a one in my opinion. He's a guy that I followed for a while, of course, you know, having played fantasy football. He came on with the Arizona Cardinals a few years ago, made some big plays, so he was a name that was brought up there. But he is a guy who is 6'5 and 243 pounds, and he could be a red zone threat. We saw that play he made against us last year. He made a great catch in the corner of the end zone week two against Dory Jackson on a great throw from uh, Taylor Heineke. So we know Ricky Seals-Jones possesses that size. He's really not much of a blocker. He's just a receiver who can make some nice plays for you. I remember watching him back with Josh Rosen in 2018. They had a pretty decent connection, those guys. In 2018, he had 34 catches, 343 yards, and a touchdown. Had a career-high four touchdowns for the Cleveland Browns in 2019, only on 14 catches, though. He played with Mike Kafka in Kansas City. He played two games as a chief. He got injured that year, but he only had one target, had no catches, unfortunately. Then last year, of course, played for Washington. He had a decent season, 30 catches, 271 yards, and two receiving touchdowns, one of those against us, of course. So, you know, for Ricky Seals-Jones, I don't expect him to be the starting tight end next year. If he is, that's probably not a good thing, but he is just 27, so maybe there is some untapped potential here, but I do want to see how he looks with Mike Kafka while he's healthy because he did not have him healthy back in Kansas City. So he'll make some plays for us. I mean, I'm hoping he has like, you know, three, four touchdowns, 300, 400 yards. That'd be like a great season for him here. So we'll find out what he brings to the table, but obviously we lost Evan Ingram. We need somebody. There's no more Caden Smith. We cut him. Levine Toilolo's gone. Kyle Rudolph's gone. The Giants need somebody to play tight end, and Ricky Seals-Jones is, is pretty much a guarantee to make the roster next year unless something crazy happens. Next, we have Matt Breda, the running back who was formerly with the Bills. He was with the 49ers. It's actually funny because I used to do my Giants like preferable free agent offseason videos, and I had Ricky Seals-Jones in one of them, and I also had Matt Breda in one of them as well, so now they're finally Giants a 
couple years later. But yeah, I've always liked Matt Breda. He's one of the faster backs in the NFL. I believe in 2019 or 2018, I think it was 2019, he recorded the fastest speed in the NFL. It was like 22.3 miles per hour. And he's not a bad running back. He has 4.9 yards per carry for his career, which is awesome. Yes, he played with the San Francisco 49ers, which is a running back heaven. We get all that. But just looking at some of his seasons there, in 2018, he had 153 rushing attempts, 814 yards, and that was 5.3 yards per carry. So he's had some very impressive seasons. He's a good receiver too. That same season, 27 catches, 261 yards, two receiving touchdowns. I mean, it's really not that bad. I mean, Matt Breda as an RB2, I will take that. He is now, I think, 27. Yes, 27 years old, like basically the same exact age as Ricky Seals-Jones. And he did have one little stint in Miami for 12 games. He wasn't really that great there. Miami is a tough place to play with their offensive line. Not saying we're much better, but last year playing with Buffalo, he was not really used the first, I would say, 60-70% of last year. Then Thanksgiving time, the Bills were not satisfied with Zach Moss and Devin Singletary, and they turned to Matt Bradamore. And Matt Breda, when he started playing more, was putting up some decent numbers. Overall, he finished last year with 26 carries, 125 yards, 4.8 a carry, and one rushing touchdown, along with seven catches and 72 yards and two receiving touchdowns. So with Breda, you get a guy who plays special teams. You get a guy who is a speed back who can be in on third downs and receiving back situations. And he'll never take Saquon Barkley's spot, obviously. Saquon's in no danger of losing his spot to Matt Breda. But Matt Breda can offer some things. I don't know what he's like in pass protection. I do want to go back and see what he's like there. I can look at his PFF pass blocking grades real quickly, actually. And according to PFF, his pass blocking grades are not good whatsoever. However, of course, last year was a small sample size. He did not really have, he only had four pass blocking opportunities, but had a 22 grade. The year before that was 14 opportunities, a 55 grade. So his pass blocking, according to Pro Football Focus, is not very good, but we'll see how that goes. Obviously, Saquon Barkley struggled in that department, so you would hope that the backup to Saquon would be a good pass blocker. But according to this, it is not the case. But Matt Breda will make a couple explosive plays for the Giants this year. I don't expect him or Ricky Seals-Jones to have gigantic roles on this team, but they'll make plays here and there that help the team win games, hopefully. So that's the good news. And lastly, the Giants signed Jihad Ward, who's an outside linebacker, defensive end. He'll probably play an outside linebacker here for the most part. And he's played for a few teams. He played with Baltimore, Indianapolis, Oakland, Jacksonville. Played with Baltimore in 2019 and 2020. Of course, Don Martindale was his defensive coordinator, and that really impacted his decision to come play for the Giants. And looking at the Giants, you know, outside linebacker group right now, there's not many great names. You have Aziz Ojalari, you have Quincy Roche, you have Aziz, um, you have O'Shane Zimenez, you have Ellerson Smith, Cam Brown and Jihad Ward. I mean, he has a chance to be a rotational guy for this team. I don't expect Ward to be a starter, but he can be like one of those first guys off the bench and kind of fight with Quincy Roche to get that role. So I've seen times he's been used as a defensive lineman, times as an outside linebacker. So there is some versatility and at least he's familiar with Don Martindale's defense. So hopefully he'll have a chance to earn some playing time here. Although I don't expect him to be like an 80% snap guy and be a starter unless there's like a bunch of injuries ahead of him. But still, Hopefully, he's a good rotational piece. Now, looking at the Giants roster right now, I'm trying to see what they really need. Quarterback, you're, you know, with Daniel Jones and Tyrod into next year, you're fine there. Running back, you should be okay if Saquon Barkley's staying, which, you know, could happen, of course. You have Saquon, Matt Breda, Gary Brightwell, Antonio Williams. 
Then at wide receiver, Kenny Galladay, Darius Slayton, now Robert Foster's here, Sterling Shepard, Kadarius Tony, CJ Board, Colin Johnson. Tight end definitely still needs upgrades. Ricky Seals Jones, you have Rice and John behind him. You have Chris Myerick, who you know caught the touchdown last year, barely hitting the ground that one. So you definitely need some tight end help. Offensive line, you have your left tackle. You need a left guard still. You have your center in John Feliciano. He's not like the future answer. So if you want to upgrade there in the draft, they can do that. Mark Lewinsky at right guard now. You have Matt Pear at right tackle. Corey Cunningham, you definitely can use a right tackle upgrade. Maybe that's what they do with the five or seven pick. We'll see. Defensively, I mean, at nose tackle, you have David Moa. I mean, that's pretty much it. Then you have Leonard Williams at the defensive end spot. Raymond Johnson behind him. We just went over the outside linebackers. Inside linebacker, at least you have Blake Martinez back. You have Tay Crowder, who I do like more as a bench guy. TJ Brunson, the special teams guy. Justin Hillier never stays healthy, unfortunately. Uh, Carter Coughlin, if you want to consider him. And cornerback James Bradbury, assuming he stays on the team, which who the hell knows. Then you have Adoree Jackson, Darnay Holmes, Aaron Robinson, who I'm excited for this year in year two. Hopefully he stays healthy. And your safeties right now are Xavier McKinney and Julian Love. So there's definitely going to be some more upgrades on this roster by the time the season starts, obviously. So you can't go into next year with Ricky Seals-Jones as your tight end one and only two safeties on your depth chart. They have to add guys and those tackle too. So they'll be adding some more guys. We'll see what they do because the cap space is still very limited here. Um, could a Saquon Barkley trade be coming? Could a James Bradbury trade be coming? Yes. I mean, I have no idea. I think it's definitely possible because this team right now does not have much room to sign other guys and they still need more pieces on this roster. So if they have to trade Bradbury or Barkley or both to make that work, then they might do that because once again, this is not about next year. It's about building for the future and we'll see what Joe Shane wants to do with this roster. So anyway, I wanted to add my Malik Willis thoughts uh, during this video because he had his pro day today. They have showed a couple of his throws and how great his arm is. And I put it on Twitter. It's as simple as this. I think Malik Willis has the talent to be great. Now, am I confident in that? Not really. I think, of course, with any young quarterback, any college quarterback, it's very unpredictable. There's some guys that look so good in college, but then they suck in the NFL, so it's hard to say, like, for sure, this is a franchise quarterback. But Malik Willis, from a tools standpoint, has it all. The rocket arm, the mobility, um, velocity on the ball, all that type of stuff, right? He can uh, improvise, make plays with his legs, and he's very dedicated to football, as we know, so that's definitely a good thing. But you know, if Joe Shane and the Giants front office do believe that Malik Willis can fit Brian Dable's scheme perfectly and think he has the tools to be like a top 10 quarterback one day, then I as a Giants fan can get behind it, right? I can get behind that. It's not going to be like, you know, I'm not banging the table for Malik Willis right now, but if the Giants front office feels he'll be great one day, then I can get behind it because I do believe the high upside of Malik Willis, he has a chance to be a top 10 quarterback. That was my argument against Daniel Jones is that Daniel Daniel Jones never had the tools to be a top 10 quarterback. Daniel Jones has the tools to be an average starting quarterback, but not a top 10 guy. At least Malik Willis, he has the tools to be a top 10 guy. So if they think he can be that guy, I'm fine with it. I'm still not expecting Malik Willis. I'd be surprised if he's a giant come late April, but you never know. Of course, maybe Joe Shane in the Giants front office is doing a good job of kind of, uh, you know, hiding their enthusiasm and excitement for Malik Willis, but we'll find out the answer eventually here in a month or so. I'm starting to watch some more prospects. I've watched about five or six guys so far. Some more draft content will be coming out here. I'll give my thoughts on the five and seven pick. What should the Giants do? Hopefully you guys stay tuned for that. Hope you guys enjoyed this video, and I will talk to you guys next time.